plus I just had my second coffee for the day. I very rarely do this, Chris. So you're in for a real treat, my friend. Hello, welcome to Show Me Your Mic. I'm your host, Chris Enns. This is the podcast where we talk about podcasting with other podcasters on both their podcasts. We say the word podcast a lot. Don't do the uh, Show Me Your Mic drinking game. It's a lot of, of trouble that you'll get into. This episode, I've got uh, Mike Hurley of Relay.fm. He stepped in last minute, had a guest who had to reschedule, and uh, stepped in and we had a great chat about running a podcast network, his new show, Inquisitive, which is great. You have to go check that out and how he edits the mammoth amount of audio that he gets from interviews and, and discussions about the show for the show. And uh, this episode is brought to you by and supported by Camping Monitor and A Small Orange. You'll hear more about them a little later on in the show. For now, here's my conversation with Mike. Okay, let's be a thing. If you ever have two copies, that means you have to come on one of my shows. That's what we'll do. Okay, so we can do that. We'll lock that in. I'll have my people contact your people, and we'll set it up. All right. Um, my guest is uh, Mike Hurley. As you can, if you're a fan of uh, Relay.fm or um, iMikes on the internet, on the internet, uh, you're familiar with him. But uh, welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you so much for having me back, Mister Enns. It's uh, it's been a while. I don't have the. It's a bit of a flustered start because I was about to give up hope. I had a guest reschedule. They didn't completely cancel. The legitimate, you know, these things happen. Who was it, Chris? Uh, I'll just say his name starts with a C. And future mm-hmm. guests can you can figure it out in the future someday. If a guest with C <laughs> comes on, starts with a C comes on, you'll you'll know. You'll hear a tinge of anger in my voice while I'm asking him or her questions. Yeah, it's a guy now. <laughs> What's that? We know it's a guy now. Why? Because she started when you said or oh, her. Oh, okay. Well, there I gave it away. You know, it's a man, a man with the first name beginning with C. Interesting. Is this Scotland Yard? Eye out. Yes. Did I call the wrong number? <laughs> is this my third time on the show, Chris? Is this Benedict Cumberbatch? Is this my third time? This is your third time. You're the first third timer, I think. You're a third timer club, sole member of the third timer mm. club. I like that. So. So uh, what's what's been happening, Mike, since last we talked? I think last time we talked, you were just starting Relay, maybe? Or maybe, maybe. last time was... Yeah. The maybe. first time I was just joining 5x5. Five five, mm-hmm. And then I don't know what was happening the second time because I can't remember when we did it. Maybe you should look while I'm talking. Okay, I'll, yeah, And now, now uh, I guess... What I definitely wasn't the last time we've spoken is I'm now a full-time podcaster. I'm one of the the lucky few that gets to do this for a living. Um, and I do consider myself a very lucky individual for being able to do that. And we're all guns blazing at Relay. We're working on new things all the time. We're, we're having a great time. Things are going from strength to strength, which is fantastic for us. And uh, I'm experimenting with different show formats and styles now. I've... Uh, given uh, Inquisitive an interesting little kick with a, a new series that I've been working on called Behind the App. Um, episode three will be coming out tomorrow as we record this. And it's something that I'm experimenting with and seeing where we go with it. It's something that I would like to try and do more of. And we're trying to see how we can uh, do that in the future because it's an incredible amount of work um, instead of the one-on-one interview style that I've been doing for the last few years. Uh, this is a highly edited, highly produced uh, scripted show where I have multiple guests and use clips from the guests and 
lots of research and planning and stuff that goes into these episodes. It's very, very different. It's more akin to the NPR style than the kind of style that we're used to. The kind of style that we are practicing right now, Chris. Yes, this, um, this style. Which is, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, yeah. I love that. I love this style. All of my other shows will stay this way. Um, and maybe Inquisitive will go back to it. Um, when we, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're still, it's still too early um, for us to, to work out exactly what we're going to be doing. But I have some interesting plans that I hope that we'll be able to execute. But um, on the whole, the, the, the reaction to the new Inquisitive has been very positive. People seem to like it. Um, with all things, you get some people that don't, and that's perfectly fine because these things are driven by taste. Um, but I'm, I'm very happy with, with where we're going, and, and I see a lot of positivity for the new series, Chris. Nice. That's yeah. I was gonna. I mean, there's a bunch of questions to unpack there. Obviously, with uh, with Inquisitive, with it, the last time you were on, I just checked was I think before Relay. Maybe you had uh, it was a, a twinkle in your eye, as they say, um, at that moment. But uh, it was pre Relay launch, anyways. And so this is, I guess, your appearance. So basically, I think we've established you come on each time you start a new podcast network or join a different podcast network. So this may be your last time if if Relay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I don't know about it yet, but you never know. Yeah, I might get I might get Steve Jobs or something. Yeah, exactly. Does that make Stephen Hackett your uh, what's it, Vin Scully? No, what was the the Pepsi guy uh, anyway? John Scully. John Scully. Yeah, somebody somebody will be your John Scully. Watch out for them. Um, but yeah, congratulations on on being one of the the few, the lucky uh, full time podcaster dudes or dudettes, and uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, awesome to see that this medium is able to support that for you. And um, yeah, it's it's great. Things like Inquisitive probably wouldn't be possible if you didn't have that time to just... Wouldn't be. It's, yeah. it's like categorically, I wouldn't be able to do it because genuinely it, it takes me, not solid, but it takes me about a week to make each episode um, from, especially if you think of the time that I'd already put in, uh, like a, in, in November and December of do, actually doing the interviews that I needed to do. So maybe I interviewed maybe six or seven people uh, about two hours each, and that's half of the questions. So I need to do that all again. And I'm, I'm interviewing new people as well because I'm trying to get some new voices onto the show, um, some more diverse characters, which I'm hoping to do. Uh, but I kind of you know, initially went with people that I knew I would get really good stories out of and had good relationships that I, th- I thought would be willing to experiment with me. Um, and I have you know, spoke to some really great people for that. And, and, you know, as I say, I'm, I'm broadening that out now. But then also it's once I've asked the questions and then kind of uh, delved into working out the stories for the episodes and then I have to write the scripts that I'm going to read and then I have to do the mammoth editing, uh, like <laughs> cutting up all the clips. So I, like from the interviews, cut up all the clips. And then once I've cut all the clips up and tagged them and categorized them, I then have to start assembling the episodes like a big jigsaw puzzle. Um, and the episodes are about 30 to 45 minutes a piece. They're closer to 40 minutes in, 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 on average. Um, but I'm not kidding. They, they just the actual assembling. So once I've done all of the categorizing and stuff like that, it takes me about maybe about four or five hours to put each episode together. It's an incredible amount of work. Um, it, but, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm very, very happy with it. I love doing it, but it, it's just, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do this if I didn't have more time to put into it. I just want to take a short break to thank our first sponsor of this episode, Campaign Monitor, who make it really easy for you to create, send, and optimize your email marketing campaigns. 
You can design beautiful emails in minutes with their easy-to-use template builder, send more relevant emails by displaying content catered to your individual subscribers, and best of all, your emails will look great on any device. It just doesn't get any easier than this. Here at Good Stuff, we use it to send out our newsletter to our uh, subscribers at goodstuff.fm slash newsletter. You can get your own free copy of our newsletter there. And it's all designed and built right inside Campaign Monitor, and they make it so easy for us to send out the email, compose it, all that kind of stuff, and then get back to podcasting and the stuff that we love doing. So visit campaignmonitor.com today to get started sending beautiful emails. My thanks to them for supporting Good Stuff and Show Me Your Mic. Going back to cutting up the episode and stuff, there's a few things there I want to unpack a bit. Is uh, um, just I know from the little bit of editing I do with shows and and having done work in video editing, just the amount of time it takes just to sort of wrap your head around um, like the waveform or the video form, whatever you're looking at. In our case, audio waveforms, and just like trying to grasp, okay, what what is here again? And so you mentioned tagging. And sort of sorting yep. the clips. What talk me through a bit of that? Like, what's the process there for? You've got say Mark Arment on, and you talk to him for two hours. So you've got this two-hour chunk of audio that then you have to, you know, listen to obviously. But what's how do you sort of glean what you want to pull out from that one chunk? Let's say. Right. So before I speak to anybody, I have my questions. Um, so I, I write. I've written out a bunch of questions under a bunch of different topics that, you know, that I thought that those topics would make for shows. You know, they're, they're like good themes that I thought would make for good episodes. Um, so I write out all my questions. Then when I record with each individual, I have a, a notebook and I just I write down the timestamps of when we get to and finish each theme. So I don't need to listen back to the entire thing. I know that if I'm doing the episodes about economics, um, I just need to listen to the 20 minutes that I spoke to, say, Marco or Guy or David Smith about the economics. So I know I've got those. And also when I'm actually doing the recording, uh, I make a note of any uh, notable sections, any things specifically that they said that I thought would really be good for use later so that I'd easily find them. But then what I do is then I come back to, to the interviews a couple of weeks, couple of months later or whenever, and I listen to each applicable section. So I'll listen to the section about economics when I'm doing the economics episode. So I'll listen to each individual interview. And then I will once I'm listening through, I will cut up the pieces and take them out when I think that they're in, you know, they're, they're noteworthy. So I'll listen. I'll go right. Okay, that that answer about this, I think I can use this. Um, so I cut that up. So I cut it and I bounce it out and I save it into a folder for episode five with a title that when I'm then looking at assembling the episodes, I know that it's worthy of being included. There. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you're using, are you using logic now? I forget, I think you... I could only, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't use anything else to do this. I use Logic Pro 10 now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then, and then, uh, so you're bouncing it out as a AIFF or wave or whatever. It doesn't, we're not going to get too technical, but just as an audio file that you can then use and reuse and whatever. So you're not going back into each file, you know, copying and pasting stuff out of it the way you would say with a Word doc or something. I think it's maybe how people think it might work, but... I mean, I could do that, like... Yeah, logic but, would allow me to do that but it, it when you have more than I have found having more than one logic file open at a time a log, logic project causes logic to crash a lot it, it really doesn't like it like even so much that when you open a new project logic says to you do you want to close the one that's currently <laughs> open because <laughs> it's sure? like hinting is, I can't deal with this yeah. I'm barely hanging on here. Do you really want to do this? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. sometimes like if I'm recording 
so I also do the voiceover. So I have my script and, and I and I do the the one like I read the whole script out and just record that into QuickTime or something, cut that up in the same way. But then when I'm putting the episodes together, I very, very frequently add additional voiceover. So like that corresponds to the specific clips or whatever that I'm going to use, or I, or I have an idea and want to add a bit more color. So I just record that directly into Logic or into a separate Logic file that I keep as like a voiceover scratch. And then I copy and paste uh, those sections because I like to keep them separate because uh, quite frequently I end up just overwriting certain parts. It just gets a bit messy otherwise. But yeah, when I when I'm doing that, very frequently Logic just explodes. Mm-hmm. But it has a really great autosave feature, so you never really lose anything. But it's just best if it, that doesn't happen to you. I find. <laughs> I know it just makes you nervous. So you have to rely on yeah. the autosave. Yeah, it's upsetting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm still. Uh, it's funny that that feature is still, or that uh, I don't know if it's a feature or uh, the warning. Anyways, is still there. I'm still back on Logic Express Nine or something, and and that pops up. And I just sort of assumed that was a back in the day when they made it. You know, when computers were slightly underpowered or less powered than they are now, that would go away with newer versions. But obviously, it's still the way it is <laughs> i don't i don't know how you're using that old version of logic the ui makes my eyes bleed yeah <laughs> i could never understand how to use it and then as soon as pro 10 came out they cleaned it up enough that i could make sense of it but i guess if it's what you know chris stick with it but one day one day they're going to cut you down oh i know that's well it's the the editing machine i'm using is a 2007 imac 2 which is uh then i'm nervous that a new version is going to be slow leggy and or not run at all so i'm just kind of like yeah biding my time it'll be a a double upgrade hardware and software all at once and then i'll be completely screwed because i won't know what i'm doing for a while yeah i i was really upset because um part of my new equipment we'll probably talk about equipment soon but i i have a new mac pro now um and i was very upset about the fact that it came with yosemite because i think (laughs) i was on lion on my mac mini oh wow I don't. I don't like to upgrade things. That's surprising. Uh, on the production machines. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, production. I was going to say because you have a show called Upgrade that you do, and uh, it seems to. Oh, but that, yeah. I mean, but those, that machine. So the production machine. I only use it for this. Um, like I use. I have a Retina MacBook Pro that I do everything else on. Even like assembling the show notes and stuff as we talk. I leave the 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 production machine to record, and I do the editing on it. I don't do anything else with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's similar to what I do too. Is it's nice having sort of I find the like the mental uh, sort of switch hardware switch for my brain anyways works. Like the stare at the big iMac for editing audio. Everything else is the show notes, the you know adding a new episode, whatever stuff in the CMS, all done on the laptop. And it's kind of just that mental switch helps me work more efficiently. Maybe I tell myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so the yeah, going back to your editing of the Inquisitive, the when you're doing conducting the interview with someone, a guest, uh, you know, months ago, like you said in November and stuff, you don't obviously know exactly where the story will take you, and and that must be a new, I would guess, a new experience too. And in, in you know, you and I listen to and we listen to uh, shows like Serial and like uh, the NPR style broadcasts, and you know, there's a team of people often involved in sort of constructing this story, but you don't necessarily know ahead of time what the story is going to end up being. You have a, you, like you said, you have a rough idea of where you want to go with it. But a guest, Marco, or whoever, you know, could take it into a completely different direction. How do you sort of anticipate and plan and sort of keep all those that those thoughts in your brain as you're planning? So the show? one thing the one thing that I've struggled with is to find the overall story of the series, um, and that's something that I'm still kind of battling with uh, in the way that I construct the episodes. I mean, that there's you know the theme is like you know indies forever type 
type thing. That's kind of the way that I focus, yeah. my kind of focus. Um, but like, you know, shows like Startup and Serial, they have really great stories that lead through them. But the way that I look at it is this is my first attempt at doing something like this. Um, but each episode has its own story and I have help with, so I write the scripts, um, but I have a lot of help in taking those scripts and making them better. So, you know, I, I mentioned my producers at the end of the show and, and basically those people, the, the fantastic people that I have helping me take a look at the scripts and just say, like, you're not really making any points. <laughs> you, nice. you should maybe add this or add this. You know, so I, I do need that help there. Um, but the story, the story is interesting, right? Because you're saying about the interviews. Now, I had a lot less control of the story in the previous Inquisitive because you know, the interviews, it was that person's story and they would take it wherever they wanted to. But now it's kind of like, I, I have a story that, that I'm telling a little bit more on episode to episode. And the the interviews that I do help back up my story um, as opposed to the interviewee creating the story themselves. Um, so it's, it's fun, right? Because I like to be able, I make a point and then I have a clip that enforces my point and then I have another clip that argues against my point and it's an interesting way of balancing it out and I like telling stories in this different form um, as opposed to, you know, so where I'm kind of more in control um, of the way it sounds and the way it feels than, than maybe I have been previously. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and you're not, uh, it makes you sound, I was thinking like sort of the devious little uh uh, PR person who controls the message, but and it's not like you're telling the story of World War II, let's say, and, and, and things like that. But but you do get a bit of control, like sort of creative control, yeah. Over I've, history, I've done a really bad job of explaining that, and I feel like I keep explaining it incorrectly because it makes it sound like it's a piece of propaganda, right? That I'm creating, you know, where it's like I control the message. <laughs> it's, it's more just like because I'm narrating, I have my own opinion, which maybe I, I wouldn't have had on the show previously. Um, because I'm telling things from my perspective and then I can use people's stories to back up my perspective. But where I do that, if I have somebody say something that is in contrast to my belief, I also make sure that I highlight that. But sometimes people, I agree, or I have the same view as the people that I interview. So I use those clips. Yeah. You know, yeah. where, where I don't have something that contrasts and I, you know, I, I, I tell it like it is and and, and I don't, I try my best not to portray my opinion as fact, for example. I, I use a lot of I believe and I feel in the episodes. Yeah, yeah. How long does the, like your audio for a given episode, like you said, the total show length is around, you know, 30 to 45 minutes. And, you know, just thinking back to the previous couple episodes um, that are out right now anyways, right? Or am I, maybe I'm one behind? Yeah, okay. two. It's two, been two. Yeah, You're right. As we mm-hmm. record. Um you know, how much of it is your, is it a 50-50 balance sort of of you talking versus guests or what's the sort of rough makeup of um, episode, I, do you think? It's becoming more. I, I don't really remember from the first two because I'm, I'm already working on episode five. So I'm trying to give myself a buffer um, so I don't kind of get caught out with them. And as the series goes on, it's becoming more and more of me. Um and I'm happy with that uh, because simply because the, the maybe the first episode was a lot of history um, and I used a lot of clips to highlight it. But then as episodes go on, like I'm I'm just finishing a two part um, episode about uh, app review. Uh, and in, I'm talking a lot about my opinions on Apple's app review process. Uh, so there's a bit more of me in there. 
And also as well, there are some, what I've found in the last two episodes is from my research, there are blog posts and stuff that I want to quote um, and I haven't been able to get in touch with the people or I, I didn't really feel it was necessary just to get a clip of them reading their own blog post. So I'm reading it for them. Uh, so there's a little bit more of me in there as well. Right. Which is, yeah, there's a, it's funny how, um, for those of us who are sort of around in some age <laughs> when say the iPhone came out and, and things like that, which is, uh, are we talking six years now? I forget the seven, seven now. Yeah. Um, is a long time in tech world, short time in real life or whatever. My son was born seven years ago. So that's kind of like, <laughs> that's, uh, it feels yeah both yeah, like it was just yesterday and then a long, long time ago. But, um, I remember just sort of listening to, I think it was in episode one and there was something you said, I don't remember the specific thing, but it was just like, that wasn't quite how it was. Cause I remember thinking this or whatever, you know, like, cause I, you were seven years younger. I was, everybody was different and we knew different yeah. things, but there's so much that's been written and so much stuff that's out there. But what I love about your show that you're doing is that just like so much stuff on the internet, like there's too much and having someone like you in a sense curating or whatever the buzzword is of, of some of that stuff into a cohesive story is is awesome and and helps helps us as creative types and people who are sort of living in this moment remember where we've come from and also help us sort of sort through what's going to potentially happen next and and you know we do maybe that a little bit too much sometimes in podcasts where we debate the apple watch for hours and hours or whatever the the yeah. topic of the day is but looking back in this sort of weighty way that you're doing and, and taking time and crafting a bit of a story around it I think just helps us all process it I'm trying to because this is definitely not the case of some of my other shows um, which is by design I'm trying to create something that, that will stand the test of time a little bit more um, and that people could listen to in two years time and it'd be as relevant um, and, and one of the things I'm trying trying to do like you know talking about because I'm, I'm as i say I'm, I'm head down in these in this topic at the moment like with the app projection stuff i'm talking about and i'm using some examples of things that have happened recently as a way to highlight some of the problems but i'm also talking about and highlighting some app review rejection stories from like five years ago um, so just to kind of say like you know this hasn't changed and i indicate some things that i think you know will change in the future and that dates the episodes a little bit more but I'm trying my best to balance them in such a way that people will be able to listen in maybe 6 months 12 months 18 months time and still get something of value out of the episodes maybe more than they would I don't know listening to an episode of Connected or Upgrade where we're talking about the release of the iPhone 6 and and when the iPhone 8 is out it might only be worth listening back for the comedy value of how wrong we were about everything. Right. Um, as opposed to listening back to try and get any kind of useful uh, value out of, out of the episodes. It's very different, Chris, I have to say. And, and I, and I feel out of my comfort zone. Um, but, but every week I, I do feel like the episodes are getting better. Uh, and, and I hope that um, the, I hope that the audience will reflect that as we come to, to further towards the end of the series. Do you have a, I forget now, a, and uh, forgive me if you've said this, but is there a, a planned end or is it a, you're going to go for, a, or, or have you said publicly what, how long, how many episodes you're going to do in this style? Um, I have, I have a target to reach somewhere between 10 and 15 episodes. Um, one of the things that I've realized as we're going on is some topics I have too much on and some I have don't have enough on. So I'm still working out what topics will actually get episodes and how long they will be. So 
because of the way that I'm doing things and I am kind of going flying by the seat of my pants a little bit, uh, it is happening a lot more in real time uh, than maybe something like Serial would, where every week I'm trying my best to produce another episode. And I'm only like two episodes in front of myself where something like Serial, you know, they probably started planning it out like a year, you know, maybe six months before it was recorded. But I definitely have not and I'm not doing that. So I'm kind of every week I'm more is happening uh, and I'm trying to decipher how far we're going to go with it. It's possible that I could run it for like 20 episodes, but I don't think that I want to do that. I think that the topic will will, will have been beaten by that point. So I'm <laughs> now I'm trying to just work out what the sweet spot is. And I think somewhere between 10 and 15 is that. Um, and then also thinking about what do we do once that ends and trying to work out from there uh, what what route we take and, and, what, and where we go. And at the moment, it's too early for me to say what's going to happen uh, once this season ends. Right. Is that you, you alluded to earlier the, you know, some people aren't as big a fan of it. Is it, is it the fact that people are just sort of missing out on, they really love the interview style or interview style show that you did before and that's the complaint or is it, um, yeah, like, are you, I guess revealing some of the criticism that you have had, um, yep. what sort of the feedback been that way? So some of the criticism that we've had is, uh, the diversity of people, uh, voices, and that's something that I'm working on. Um, as I mentioned, uh, I've had, you know, and I've had some people that they just don't like the format, which is perfectly fine. And I understand that, but I'm not letting that kind of, this is what I want to make. Right. And, and the, the amount of people that have said they don't like it is slim and I hope to be able to change some of their minds. Um, and some people have said, you know, and it's not like a, you, I really want you to stop doing this because, you know, people said, I love the new show, but I also loved the old show. And I've had people say like, why didn't you just do a new one or run them in parallel? And it's just because it was just a creative decision that I made. Um, I didn't want to have two shows running at once. Um, I didn't have the time for that. And I kind of wanted to take a break from the one-on-one interviews. I've done them for so long. Uh, and you know, a frequent question that I'm getting and I've, I explained it on, um, episode 29 of analog, but I'll say it again here, Chris, in case people are wondering, like, why didn't you start a new show? Why is it in the inquisitive feed? And it's purely because I don't know what happens in like six or eight weeks time. We may just go back to old inquisitive. We may have new shows to do, but also I have a great attachment to the name and the brand. And I think that this idea really fits uh, the name and what I'm trying to build of Inquisitive. Uh, and that's a show that I don't want to just die. I want it to to evolve. And then maybe like in a year's time, we look back and say, Mike did all these really interesting and different things on that show. And maybe that's what the show is. Um, and, and it becomes more like, you know, there's there's some seasons, there's some interviews, and, it, and it's got a bit of variety to it. Because Inquisitive, right, it's curious. And that's kind of how I see myself. And that's kind of where the show's going now. Like I'm being inquisitive with different types of story. Uh, and maybe that's, that's what the show becomes. Yeah. And I, I completely agree and, and definitely support that idea. Cause it's in as much as um, traditional media, you know, like TV shows and stuff rarely break out of what they were um, reality TV or otherwise like fictional or, or uh, factual based television and programming radio programs of the past we're always you know they follow the same format and then they just stop i think podcasting is great in that we can have some of that flexibility and we don't have to follow those old rules necessarily and uh and 
it's not like you're going so far out, like you said, of, uh, of no. what people were expecting. But I can understand but, you the know, idea. The show's only six months old, and I didn't want to put it to bed and make people subscribe to a new feed. It yeah. just seemed like <laughs> logistically we were already we were asking too much of people. There was that other thing for me anyway. I just felt like, you know, and I don't want to move everyone over to a new feed again because we don't know what's going to happen. And, and, you know, and then I didn't want to have this other feed where, like, we do 10 episodes and then that goes dead and then I go back to the other one. Like, it just logistically <laughs> just seemed like a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, like, if we do a second season, maybe we'll try and create, like, a feed which is just those shows. I don't know because all of this stuff is, it's, there's too many questions because we don't yet have the answers so who knows what happens in the future but right now this is an experiment that i'm trying um and seeing kind of kind of where we go from there you know well that's i i allude to that only because i know uh, i'm sure with relay i know it's the same way with good stuff behind the scenes stuff there's a lot of hand wringing and what should we do here with this show feed and the you know the stuff that most folks who listen to podcasts hopefully don't ever really concern themselves with too much. Oh yeah. Like every question I've had about this, about like, you know, the feeds and, and the logistical stuff, me and Stephen spoke for like an hour about each one. Like, yeah, know. <laughs> you know, we went backwards and forwards on this over weeks and weeks and weeks, even like a couple of days leading up to the release of the show, we were considering our decisions again. Like you can, you can safely assume that if you've thought of it, we thought of it too. Yeah. <laughs> And the ramifications and like, oh, no, it's just like you said, subscribing and resubscribing and all that stuff yeah. and, and getting a show featured and not featured and, you know, all what's going to happen here. And yeah, and <laughs> it's, once the show is out there, then you can just kind of relax in it. And, you know, obviously you're doing a lot of work with it, but <laughs> but yeah, getting the show out and, and there's a lot of sort of debate and stuff. The You bring up an interesting point, I guess, of um, with and sort of taking a step back from Inquisitive itself, but uh, and looking at Relay as a whole as a podcast network. And uh, and sort of the working with Stephen Hackett, your partner in crime there, and and sort of doing this. You're full time. He's not full time in relay, but other stuff obviously. And what's the sort of partnership like in doing this with someone uh, more more closely? I guess probably than way back when you did seventy decibels, and it was, or maybe it's a similar relationship. Just you're both more mature now, or <laughs> have more wisdom. What's the? How has that been? It's kind of a mix of, of everything. So like 70 decibels, um, I started it with my friend Terry and then he kind of left, which kind of left me to, to, to do everything. But then Stephen kind of became a big part of it. So like we didn't start 70 decibels together. 70 decibels was my podcast network before I joined 5 by 5 in case anybody's probably not familiar with my entire history. This is part of my, my new, history. new series of uh, podcast history inquisitive podcast history with chris i'm interviewing like hurley anyway um so then me and steven we just we naturally just started working very close together like there was never like anything official like we never sat and had a conversation to my memory about like you know you should be my partner now but we just became partners like it just happened um and then when when we moved to five by five where i took on a lot of like the relationship management and stuff with five by five, um, just because it was easier to funnel through one person, all of the shows and stuff and everything there creatively that we did, me and Stephen worked together on all of it, basically, um, as we have done for years, like we just, we work very well together and we trust each other's opinions and it works like that. So when, uh, I made the decision to start thinking about what I was going to do, um, you know, as I've mentioned before, when I, decided I wanted a new dream. Um, 
it was kind of obvious to me to talk to Stephen about it. And then we decided that we would we'd start a new company together and that became Relay FM. And we work very well together. Um, we have a, we have an interesting relationship because it, it depending on what happens and depending on what we're working on, the way that we work together changes dramatically. So there are times where he makes decisions that he needs to make and I make decisions that I need to make and it's kind of unspoken and we we kind of trust each other to make those decisions because they're on, you know, in, in these kind of circles of influence that we both have within the company, there are just decisions that we both just make because they're the things that we look after. Um, and then we, then we have like the things that we decide on together. There are the things that we debate. Uh, and, and then there are just the things where he stops me from just doing crazy stuff. <laughs> like this is a, a joke that I have, but it's so, I couldn't be more serious. The company would be would just do the most insane things that make no sense if he wasn't a part of it. Because I have these fleeting ideas. I have a new idea and it's going to change everything. And it's absolutely dreadful. And if he wasn't <laughs> there, I genuinely don't think the company would still be around. Uh, so he helps center me from just doing dumb things, uh, but also then really helps me work on the good stuff. <laughs> and uh, and also, um, it, it, you know, vice versa as well. Stephen has great ideas and I help him with those. Uh, and just like as well, like logistically and technically, there's so many things that he can handle and take care of that I just can't do. Um, and kind of without him, there are so many things that would just fall apart. And he probably would say, same about me especially considering i'm on so many of the shows it's probably kind of important uh that i'm around and it is it's a unique relationship and like obviously here at good stuff uh there's myself tim smith kyle roderick that are involved in sort of running running the ship so to speak and um and it's unique for you guys in that steven isn't i mean he's a podcaster but that's not or I, I can't speak for him, but it seems like it's not necessarily his like stated life goal is to become a full-time podcaster. He definitely is good at it, loves it, all those things. Uh, and, and it's, uh, I think it seems like from the outside, uh, and what you've alluded to is kind of a bit of that healthy relationship results because you're not necessarily, um, there's a little less ego maybe at stake for him or for you, depending on the particular discussion. Whereas, yeah. Uh, Kyle Roderick and I maybe fight because we both want to be podcast dudes or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it that I hadn't thought of before. No, I I will speak for Stephen even though I shouldn't. I, <laughs> I don't I don't think that his that mine and his occupation goals are the same. So I know and believe that he would like to like I um would love one day for relay to be the source of his full-time employment, right? That's why people set up companies to work on the things that they want to work on. But I think that Stephen is very creative and has a great business mind uh, and probably wants to be involved in running and operating and developing a creative company and producing that. But I probably am more inclined to be behind the mic more than him. Uh, I'm sure that Stephen would love to have more shows and, and stuff like that. I'm sorry, this is terrible. I'm just talking for him. But 
maybe maybe to, you <laughs> can have him on in response to my question yeah. to, to my answers. Actually, but I think Stephen, now I've got Stephen, Stephen Hackett on the line. With, no, <laughs> you call him in. Uh, so you know, I know that he's incredibly creative, and it's one of the reasons that we work so well together, and one of the reasons that I would want to work with him on everything. Uh, but I don't know if he wants to have six podcasts and and the way that I do. You know. Mm-hmm. Which is good. And that's, I mean, again, uh, maybe I will have him on. Maybe I won't. We'll see. But but that idea. Maybe I, think I that, hate him. Maybe I don't. <laughs> he's been on the show. I'll put his his interview in. The, but again, it was pre-relay. Uh, pre, uh, so it's a bit of podcast history. If you want to listen to that, Stephen was on the show, I think, somewhere in the 40s, we'll say. But I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to that. But uh, but yeah, that's a, it's an interesting thing. And I think regardless of whatever their goal is and like it, it there's pluses and minuses obviously to having in my case having Kyle Roderick Tim Smith who are podcast guys you know through and through and wanting to be in building this thing um, regardless of what their their goal is it's great I can speak to and I, what you're saying too is that I, that having somebody that's sort of running this along with you that I think too like the bouncing ideas off of uh has stopped me from doing so many stupid things because it's once you have a podcast site set up it's pretty easy to start a new podcast start a new podcast but to actually follow through on it do it well etc and see long term that your idea is actually pretty stupid sometimes (laughs) it's helped tremendously to save me from a lot of like whereas in the past it might have been I'd briefly talk to my wife and say, hey, I should start a podcast about blah, blah, blah. And then she'd be like, that sounds interesting. And I'd be like, okay, she says, good, let's go. And then <laughs> five episodes in, I'm like, oh, this is stupid. Why did I do this? Um, yeah, it's it's awesome having sort of uh, people in, along with you in the trenches to, to, to help you and support you in those discussions and help you when they fail or do well. I just want to take a break from a conversation with Mike for a moment to let you know about A Small Orange. You can support Show Me Your Mic by checking out a small orange. They have a simple vision, perfecting hosting while maintaining a homegrown feel with a focus on people, their customers, their employees, and their community. A small orange isn't like those big hosting conglomerates. They don't promise unlimited plans that actually are hindered by hidden limitations. Instead, you're only responsible for paying for the resources you need. Whether you're just starting your own blog or you're running a powerful e-commerce site, they have a plan for you. Before I could recommend them, I wanted to try them out myself. And so I set up a, did a, website with the WordPress install, got the first blog post up, recorded a screencast of the whole process. It took about 30 minutes total from registering a domain to getting the first blog post out. The link for that is in the show notes at goodstuff.fm slash smym slash 74. You can watch the YouTube video and check out a small orange there. If you do sign up through that link, you'll be supporting Show Me Your Mic and myself here in podcasting. Looking at Relay as a whole as well, how are you sort of... Uh, deciding shows and and not shows and and stuff is that has that been a interesting process of, you know because this is like i said you're back in sort of the driver's seats managing running the ship um and people approaching you for shows things like that how do you sort of deciding the voice of of a podcast network so like one of the ways that one of the great lines that Stephen came up with uh for our about page is like the, you know that we are i see now i have to go and find it to get the exact line you know, like who is Relay or what is our thing? That uh, it's a podcast network for people who are creative, curious, and maybe even a little bit obsessive, and that's kind of the overall tone that that we want to portray. Portray like they're the types of shows that we make the hosts feel that way about the things that they're talking about. Um, they love those things; they're passionate about them. As maybe even a little bit obsessed about them, you know, in the in the right possible way. So that's kind of that. That's the tone that we're looking for in the shows that we have. Um, 
I don't know if we have, you know, we don't have like, you know, the relay style guide of show, <laughs> but it's like we listen to something or when we're making something like that's a relay show. So like, for example, we've only brought on um, two shows that uh, are, on, are not me. Right. So they're shows that, that, you know, that we have on relays of so clockwise and rocket. They're shows that we felt would fit with what we were trying to do they're people with really interesting voices and good stories to tell. And, and they're really, they love the things that they're talking about. Um, so we felt that they really fit, but there, I mean, there, you know, there are many, many, many podcasts where the podcasters feel that way, but it's like, we just listen to something or in, you know, in the creation of something and be like, yeah, that's a relay thing, you know? And, but it's so hard to, to describe i mean i i hear other shows and i'm like yeah they, they would be a great fit on the relay um but we're we're also trying to be very restrained uh in in growing too quickly um and ending up because i've done this before and i've seen it happen so many times ending up with 25 shows with all different people uh and and it ends up being a case of like we've got too much stuff now and it's too hard to work like to, to wade between it in two years time in three years time we may have 25 shows but it's about how we grow and scale that to be a point that makes sense for us you know yeah definitely am i making sense yeah no that's totally and i, I realized the question was a bit ambiguous as far as what direction i was going and that's but because it is you know with a there's probably you know a, a site that publishes blog posts or collectively or curates blog posts or whatever you can sort of uh, a style guide of sorts can kind of develop and things like that, but um, but it is uh, it's harder. It's somehow harder with with audio podcasts and especially um, you know modern podcast networks to sort of figure that out and and know because sometimes a show could be a great show that doesn't necessarily fit what you wanted to do maybe, and so you're bringing an audience that's different than your other shows would have. And how does that mesh? And do they get that there's a chat room and you suggest titles <laughs> or whatever? Um, and all that kind of stuff. The culture of the of a podcast network sort of develops, and and uh, and it is an organic thing that sort of you figure out over time. But like you said, having a sort of a clear uh, mission statement of sorts can help you obviously figure out how you might define a show to be a relay show or not. So, um, okay, we'll get out of the heady stuff and back into just quick some gear stuff before I let you go. Um, you alluded to the fact that you got yourself a cylinder, a Mac mm-hmm. Pro. How's that been? Uh, it's Mac been, Mini. it's been fraught with problems. Oh no. Um, yeah, but, but so that, you know, I was looking for a machine that was really powerful. Um, and I wanted something that I could connect an external monitor to. That was a, a important thing for me. I also wanted a machine that had audio in and audio out. Um, not basically the, the the amount of machines that Apple makes that have that is is becoming yeah. slimmer and slimmer, yeah. <laughs> um, including the Mac Pro. We found out upon the receipt of the device. Uh, whilst it has two ports, they're both out. <laughs> what really? Yeah, one is just straight audio out, and one is a digital audio out with oh. um, also a, an, a, a digital audio in for headsets. It only works for headsets, apparently, like the iPhone mic. I don't know why. But basically, we didn't do our research enough and just looked at the pictures and assumed what would make sense, but that is not the case. Um, so then, I mean, I was using audio in and audio out of my mixer it, it, just because of the, a weird way that I had it set up, which made sense to me and I was happy with. 
So then uh, we had to get a little USB thing called the Griffin iMic. I, I see the irony. Um, and so I started using that. And then I was having some significant issues with the Mac Pro where it's happened like maybe on four different occasions. Uh, I was recording, could hear the audio fine. Everyone could hear me. But the UI locked up completely, just totally locked up. And all I could do is hard restart and then would lose the audio, um, which was really frustrating. Uh, <laughs> we're still kind of unsure what was causing that. But but the the belief that me and Stephen have was that the griffin iMic was being was overloading the usb bus because it was only happening during recording and i would use my mac for multiple hours and it happened on four different occasions but only when we're recording so we believed that something weird was happening there so i now have a, a usb pre 2 audio interface um, i was using a machionics mixer before way overkill but when i bought it i expected i was going to be one of those people that have multiple macs to do my recording but it turned out to be actually i don't need that and i don't think many people need that really in all honesty um so i i ended up not needing that but then i had this mixer which was way overkill but now i use the usb pre 2 and i'm very happy with it um and we're not having any of those issues i've had it for nearly 2 weeks and haven't had a problem with it at all um, and hoping that that will remain the case. But aside from that, the Mac Pro is an absolute dream. Um, I wouldn't be able to do the editing that Inquisitive needs without the Mac Pro. It's just without something that has that amount of power and uh, all the RAM that I have in it and the incredible SSD and great processors and everything. It enables me to create this stuff really quickly. Like I have a, a pretty tricked out MacBook Pro and it still feels too slow when trying to do some of that sort of editing stuff. Um, the Mac Pro has been an absolute dream, and I'm very, very happy with it um, from that side of things. And as long as the audio equipment continues to work, I'm going to be a very happy man. And I like the USB Pre 2. I still have the Heil PR40 microphone, um, and I like the way I sound more. It's slightly different. It's a little bit warmer, um, and I'm, I'm much more happy with the way that I sound through the USB Pre 2. Uh, than with the Machionics. Nice. So, yeah, I was going to ask you, you attribute the change in tone or, or sound to more of the preamps maybe on the Pre 2 than what was in the Mackie, right? And yeah, because, yeah, I, I don't think the Mackie has any, has any kind of preamp really. And I know that the Pre 2 does. It's not extremely powerful, but it has something in it which is making my, my voice sound a little bit warmer. Um, and, and I really like it. I'm, I'm very happy with it. Uh, I'm still working around some slight strangeness, uh, nothing bad, just like getting used to a new um, system, making sure I've got all the levels correct, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, I'm 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 really happy with the equipment that I've got currently. It's making me produce things quickly. Uh, it's very expensive, um, but as you know, and, and which hurts, especially for a new business. But as our accountant pointed out to us. Um, that machine that you're going to buy generates 100% of your income. Uh, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> think about it that way, buddy. It's like, yeah, good point. So. <laughs> I know. That's why I often, any sort of digital business where I'm like fretting over, oh, should I register a $25 domain for this or not? And I think of like traditional businesses that had to like spend thousands of dollars per month just to have a, you know, a retail space or whatever to set up their particular whatever there are restaurants or something you know like we have it pretty easy really when our base biggest expense which is still a big chunk of change is a uh, whatever it is five to six thousand dollars i don't know what it was but mac pro you know kind of computer gear setup which um what really hurt with the mac pro 
um, we didn't go for one of the super tricked out ones, but we did do some upgrades for the hard drive and the RAM was that I had to buy it here in the UK. Oh, right. And we had to pay for it in dollars. Right. So <laughs> that really hurt. And that's, that's, been, that's been the hardest part of like equipment purchasing is it, it's not really possible to buy it in the US and ship it because th- that, can, that can result in a whole other mess of problems. So we have to kind of, we have to buy it here and pay for it from, from Relay, which is a US company. Uh, and, and that can be... Uh, that hurts the wallet, Chris. I'm not going to yeah. lie. <laughs> yeah. I'm familiar, at least, with uh, yeah the the pound to dollar uh, conversion, <laughs> and that's yeah. Uh, I'm one of the only people in this country uh, that wishes that the pound would get a bit weaker to the dollar, because I'm paid in dollars, uh, and I have to to see that conversion go, and I have to watch those numbers split, right? <laughs> uh, and it hurts me. And, yeah. <laughs> Nice. And well, I, I, sorry, going back to your mixer and stuff, it's nice. I'm looking at my overpowered, over too expensive Mackie mixer that I have sitting in front of me. And the idea of having it, and really, like you, I was uh, the similar vintage of like, I'm going to buy the big mixer because I need to have all these computers and bring guests in. And in hindsight, I've only ever had one Mac mini that's ever brought in guests. And and having like a, a small device on the desk instead of this massive thing, which is fun. It's nice to have all the knobs, but <laughs> the yeah, having one little device takes up a lot less space and do you ever use it in uh portability like you could hook it up theoretically to your macbook pro and podcast from if you were in the dire straits i guess could do but i haven't yeah. um that that is the good you know that is the good thing about having just a usb interface uh mm-hmm. i could do it all but the thing is i don't really have the ability to take this microphone on the road and i wouldn't <laughs> anyway yeah you know th- this thing is too important um, there's no way that I would do this. When, when, I do have a plan that when I uh, when I have a bit of extra money in the business, uh, I'm probably going to buy just a, a backup Heil and just keep it in case. Because now, basically, when I buy things, so like the Mac Mini is is in storage, and I'm going to be putting the Mac the Macionics in storage because I like to have backup stuff. Um, so like if the USB pre two explodes, I can grab the, you know, I can get the, the Mackie out storage, set it up and I'm not going to lose any days. So like at the moment I have like a couple of USB microphones that I've used over the years and I keep them around just in case, like if the Heil explodes today, I can use a, a Blue Yeti for a couple of days until I get something else in. But, um, I'm thinking about, I, I like having the redundancy, but obviously the redundancy is expensive because you have to buy more equipment. <laughs> Yeah, I think of the selling the gear and, and using that money, but uh, you're in a lucky position. You don't have kids that you have to feed with your. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. You know, I totally understand so, that. But <laughs> um, okay, so the in I know I need to let you go so you can go edit Inquisitive and get the episodes out. Um, the way I end the shows is just asking you uh, what podcasts you're listening to these days and what apps you're listening to them on. So, do you have your Ooh. device of choice handy? I didn't prep you. Yeah, hang on. You, you agreed to do this very last minute, so I, I really appreciate mm. that filling in. I've got it here, so that's oh, my iPhone. There you go. So, uh, hmm? No, I thought you it sounded like you banged the, the high. Yeah, that was, that was purposeful to indicate that I have my iPhone at oh, hand. Oh, gotcha. Come on, this is, this is audio theater. <laughs> that's <here>. fully. <laughs> um, so, I'm, a, I'm an Overcast user. Um, that, that's, that's kind of that's the app that I use 
to listen to my podcasts. Um, what am I enjoying at the moment? Uh, Defocused. I like Defocused. Joe Steele and Dan Sturm. Um, they're grumpy about movies. Um, I'm one of those people that's gotten into the flop house recently, which is a movie about uh, a Pog podcast about yeah. movies that flopped. <laughs> uh, I'm just going through my list here, Chris. I hope that's okay. That's all right. It's whatever um, you make of this. This is called the incomparable isometric Mac power users, uh, the rebound vertical on the line, total party kill. I'm a big fan of that show and I've never played Dungeons and Dragons and that's what they do. Uh, they play Dungeons and Dragons and you get to hear the story. Um, I've listened to a new, a very new show that came out today. It's called Welcome to Macintosh. It's by a guy called Mark Bramhill and it's a masterpiece. It's just fantastic stuff. It's that sort of, what I will, will now refer to as the new inquisitive style. Uh, Mark's <laughs> been working on this for a while and, and he's, I think he's been working on it for longer than I've been working on mine and it's launched today and it's just, it's brilliant. It's just brilliant. Um uh, What's Tech, which is a new show by The Verge, which is quite interesting. Um, I like that. Um, ATP is a favorite of mine. Hello Internet. Love Hello Internet. Uh, anything else in here? Uh, Quality Control by Polygon. It's a video game review show. Uh, I like Startup, but that's gone on a break right now. And then, you know, the, the obvious ones like the talk show. Uh, Vector as well is in here. That, that that's not everything, but that's a a, a smattering. I, I subscribe to many shows and podcasts are my favorite form of entertainment. Um, and and that's that's a selection of the stuff that I'm enjoying, Mister Enns. I hope that that is uh, I hope that that is okay for you. Yeah, that meets with the approval of the Show Me Your Mic staff. Which uh, excellent, which is excellent. Me. <laughs> Of course, I have I have Show Me Your Mic in here. Don't yeah, worry, you don't listen. Here. That's okay. I don't, I don't. I'm not I, I trolling hate. For I hate all other podcasters. That's the problem. Right. <laughs> um, so I can't. I can't listen to them. So <laughs> that's why you're you're segregated over there in the UK because you just can't even stand to be in the same continent as most of the other podcasters that you're. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yep. <laughs> all right. So in uh, in closing up, what uh, where can folks find you? Follow you? What would you like to be um, known for, Mike? Oh, don't uh, go to uh, relay.fm. That's where you'll find all of the great, all the great shows um, on Relay FM. That's where you'll find those. Uh, I am on Twitter. I am uh, I Mike I M Y K E on Twitter. If you want to find me there, you can see what I'm what I'm chatting about. Uh, yeah, I think that, that's about it. Does that sound? Is that is that acceptable, Mister Enns? Have I passed the bar here? You're the only person uh, on the internet, I think, who ever calls me Mister Enns. So it's that's acceptable. It's all acceptable. Would you like me? You don't, you don't is need there something else? Like. Is there something else you'd like to be called? Well, most people call me Chris, but no, I'm just saying. Like the maybe it's because you're you're fancy, uh, professional, serious British person, person of British descent. Is that racism? I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, that you call me Mister Ends, and I appreciate it. I, I I'm going to record that and or export that as an AIF file and have it as a sound clip. I can just play on my computer anytime I need to hear someone. Refer to me as Mr. Enns. We've had we've had problems with this before, Chris. You you yeah. using sound clips of me. I I have lawyers now. Okay, don't. I know. I got the I got the letter. Uh, I'm I'm staying the required <laughs> one ocean away. For now, remember this was my terms. I would come on one episode of your show <laughs> as a as a gesture of goodwill, right? And uh, Just you to would see stop. if I've if I've uh, healed up. Mm -hmm. I think. <laughs> 
All right. No, I will not re- repurpose the audio, I promise. Well, thank you, Mike, for, for coming on Show Me Your Mic. And I really appreciate you stepping in the last minute like that. And uh, look forward to the next episode of Inquisitive. Thank you, Chris. Bye-bye. All right. So that's this week's show. As always, you can find the links and things we discussed at goodstuff.fm slash smym slash 74. My thanks to Campaign Monitor and a small orange for supporting Good Stuff and Show Me Your Mic. If you'd like to support Show Me Your Mic and my podcasting efforts a little more directly, you can do so on my Patreon, patreon.com slash iChris. My thanks to all the folks who are doing so already. Just had someone uh, who hasn't responded yet, so I don't want to say where their link is, but someone just started supporting me for five bucks a month, which is awesome. And uh, just every little bit helps. I really appreciate it. Uh, you can follow Good Stuff on the Twitters at goodstuff underscore FM. I'm iChris on Twitter. And Show Me Your Mic has its own Twitter account, S-M-Y-M underscore F-M. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about Show Me Your Mic, I'd love to hear them. Chris at goodstuff.fm is where you can email me. As I've said before, if you'd like to be on the show, please visit goodstuff.appointlet.com or you can find the link in the episode page that you're listening to right now over on goodstuff.fm slash S-M-Y-M to book in and see when availability the next availability is for a guest. Uh, I record typically Tuesday mornings, at least in my time zone, and uh, we record live. So if you want to listen live, goodstuff.fm slash live and join us in the chat room there while we record the show, help vote for titles, that kind of thing. I'd love to have you on the show as well as listen live. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Bye.